Hello, thank you for joining the Camden First Assembly broadcast. We are so excited to share the Word of God with you today, believing that this Word is exactly what He has for your life. So, stay tuned for today's message, and as always, remember, there's a place for you at Camden First Assembly. I have uh, some very special guests of my own that are here today that are uh, that are family. My grandparents, Jerry and Duane Farrington, are here all the way from Circleville, Ohio, and uh, they, we're just thrilled to have them. They... Uh, they uh, have been uh, part of my life since the very beginning. And uh, in fact, my grandfather was the one that carried me out of the hospital. And so he's got lots of stories to tell, but he's not. And um, lots of things that he could share. And uh, I'm so thankful for these two, the investment that they've made uh, into my life and our family. I've been blessed uh, with the best, and I'm thankful to have them uh, here today. And just so, so honored to have them in my life. They have uh, just... Uh, and poured so much into me, so much in our family. We used to get to go and spend a week or two in the summer with them because we live so far away and uh, cherish those moments, getting up early in the morning, drinking coffee with my grandpa and my grandma. I would hear them walk across the floor in the morning. No matter how soft you walk across the floor in their house, you can hear when somebody's up, and so I knew that was my cue. And uh, would always get my coffee and uh, would go and just spend time and still do, still look forward to that been able to do that this week and spend time with them, but uh, just so much that they blessed us with. And of course, my mom and dad are here, which they're, uh, they're just a huge part of the CFA family, part of our virtual members that, that join us live, and to all of those, those that are live and that are joining us today, we say welcome, we love you, we're excited to spend time with you today, but thankful to have my family in the house, they're my rock. Uh, you know, I was thinking as they were all sitting up here on the front row today, you know, I was thinking these, these are the people that have had the front row seat to my life from the very beginning. And I'm thankful for those people that are the front row seat people in our life. Uh, they see us at our best. They see us at our less than best. They see us when we're grouchy and when we're cranky and when we wake up and look like we've wrestled a bear all night long and have bad breath and when we've lost our lost our cool and we've lost our temper, but at the end of the day, they're the people that God's placed there to love us and to champion us on and to pray for us, and so I'm thankful for them, and uh, I know that God has placed those people around you, and if you don't feel that you have that, look around the room. You've got people that are right here, your CFA family, that's doing that for you. Amen? Well, listen, the title of my message this morning, if you've got your notes in your app, in your CFA app, if you haven't downloaded that, download that. You can keep up with all sorts of things that are happening but in that, you can keep notes with me today. The title of my message is, Are You Starving? Are You Starving? Some of you are like, yes. Can you preach in the next 10 minutes so that we can go eat? I think I timed it with the cooks today to make sure that they took extra time so that way I could preach a little longer. So I think dinner won't be ready until 1230. No, I'm just kidding. They got started early this morning. Thank you to all those guys, all those ladies that are serving and preparing and getting lunch ready for us today. We appreciate you. We, uh, so we go to John chapter 6 this morning. I uh, was, was walking along the trace a couple weeks ago, and uh, the Lord dropped this message into my heart. I'd been reading uh, over the book of John, and uh, as I was walking down that, that trail, just had a few minutes before a meeting and wanted to go stretch my legs, and uh, was talking, just nobody else was there, so it was just an awesome opportunity for me to just get to walk and talk with Jesus for a little while. And as I was walking, the Lord started just dropping this message into my heart. And I believe it's for all of us, believer, unbeliever, 
Christian all your life, Christian for just the last 10 seconds of your life, it doesn't matter. It's a question that all of us need to ask ourselves, am I starving? Am I starving? Because you can eat and still starve. You can eat and still starve. And so I want to, uh, I want to share this word with you, this revelation that God gave me. And uh, we're going to start in verse number 25 of John chapter 6 and read through verse 40. It says, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Hear that. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they asked, Always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, but as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up. At the last day, for my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at that last day. Heavenly Father, I just pray in these next few moments of time that, Lord, You would speak to us through Your heart. God, that we would hear from Your Word. Lord, that we would hear from heaven today the Word that You have for us. God, I pray that Your anointing would rest in this place of the freedom to hear, the freedom to receive and encounter everything that You have for us, Holy Spirit, would be in this house, that God, every single one of us would leave today knowing that we've heard from you. Lord, I pray that you would stir up expectation within us, God, a hunger and a thirst within us for everything that you are and everything that you have for us. God, we give you all the glory and honor and praise this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, when you look at the the definition of starving, it says suffering or being deprived, suffering to the point of being overwhelmed with hunger. And I, as I was walking and talking with the Lord about this, I, I was reminded of what I had read in John chapter 6 when Jesus said that He is the bread of life. And I got to thinking about that and I thought, you know, it's, it's interesting to me that we can go to church every week or that we can read the Word throughout the week, or that we can spend time talking to Jesus, or that we can, we can listen to a preacher or watch a preacher on television that's preaching the Word. 
whether, whatever the revelation is that God has shared with him or her and what they're, what they're giving to us. It's amazing to me that we have all that we do, that we have the technology that we do today and access to the Word of God that we do today. And yet there are so many people and so many of us in the body of Christ that are truly starving. That we hear the word of that we hear the word of God, that we have the word of God. You know, when, when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, the, the understanding is that knowing that Jesus is the word. <laughs> that the word of God that you have, that the Bible that you possess is the bread of life. So when we sit down and we read the word of God, when we don't do it out of obligation, when we don't do it out of ritual or routine, but we do it with the intention of we are coming to partake of what God has for us, and we come with an expectation that when we read that we're going to be fed what it is that God has for us, it changes the dynamic. Too many times we carry around the bread of life, but we never eat from it. Too many times we carry around the bread of life, but we never eat from it. Too many times we walk around starving to death, living off the crumbs of what somebody else has eaten, but never ourselves taking hold of the freshly sliced, warm bread of life that Jesus has given for us to eat. Man, there's nothing like a fresh slice of bread. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing like a homemade yeast roll with butter and honey and all that good stuff. Nothing like starving to death and walking in the woods and they set that basket of heaven down in front of you with hush puppies and yeast rolls and freshly whipped soft butter and tartar sauce and sit a big old bottle of honey. It's like, what are you supposed to do? It'd be offensive and rude to not eat what God has given you. But you know, when it comes to the bread of life, the greatest bread you'll ever eat, the sweetest flavor you'll ever taste, we oftentimes carry it around with us but never eat it. We hear what others are preaching, we hear what others are saying, we hear what others are teaching, and the revelation that God has given them, and we say, wow, that's incredible. And we eat the crumbs from the bread, what God, the revelation that God's given to them, but we never partake for ourselves what God has prepared for us. Tell your neighbor, God speaks to you. When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, the purpose of what He had done was to, yes, defeat death, yes, pay the price for our sins, but also make available to every single one of us His presence and His power in our lives. Too many times we think God doesn't speak to us. But the truth is, is He's readily made available for all of us the bread of life that takes away the hunger pains of the disappointment and the despair and the discouragement of this world. Too many of us are walking around overwhelmed. Too many of us are walking around depressed. Too many of us are walking around discouraged. Too many of us are not living by faith, but rather walking in fear because we have the bread of life, but we're not eating it. Tell your neighbor, it's time to eat. <laughs> oh, I told Jesus, it's bad that you're having me preach this on a Sunday that we got food just across the parking lot. I'm going to tell them to tell their neighbor that, and three or four of them are going to get up and walk out and go fix them a plate of desserts till the burgers get off the grill. And we get done over here at church. Are you starving? 
Are you starving? Because the thing that I've discovered is that more oftentimes than not, we are longing for more. And if we're not getting it from the source, from the bread of life, then we're getting it from somewhere. The difference is, is one satisfies and the other doesn't. So this morning I want to ask three questions, share with you three things from the Word of God to answer this question. Are we starving? Number one this morning, what are we lacking? <laughs> what am I lacking? I, uh, I love that uh, <laughs> I love that Jesus says in this, in verse 26, I'm, He said, very truly I tell you, you're not looking for Me. Not because you saw, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. It was the first time in their lives that they had eaten and actually been satisfied. That they had eaten and actually been full. You know, the thing that I've discovered about those wonderful yeast rolls and hush puppies is that while I'm stuffed when I walk out the door, it's not very long before I'm craving more. Huh. It says, do not work for the food that spoils, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on Him, God the Father has placed His seal of approval. If I'm going to ask myself the question, am I starving? There are three other questions I need to ask. The first being, what am I lacking? This is what the Lord said to me. Starvation leads to desperation. Starvation leads to desperation. When you put the, the, the definition of desperation into perspective, it's dangerously lacking the basic necessities of life. As believers, as children of God, there are basic necessities that God has made available to you as a child of the King. First of all, you have a new identity as a son or daughter of God. Second of all, you have everything you need because He's all you need. He has everything you need because He's all you need. The second that you became a child of God, you became His responsibility. The second that you became a child of God, your past was gone. The second you became a child of God, you were not just known for what you've done or what you've accomplished or what you've succeeded at in life, but rather what Jesus did on the cross, what He did when He rose from the dead, and the plan that God is fulfilling and His will that He's accomplishing in your life. When we look at our lives, the question that we have to ask ourselves to discover whether or not we're starving is what is it that I'm lacking? Because if I'm lacking, then it probably is a clear sign that I'm not eating from the bread of life. Because if we remember what Psalm 23, verse number 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I lack nothing. See, there's not very much boldness in your voice because what we think of is all of the things that we're lacking. I'm lacking the finances to do what I need to do. I'm lacking the ability to handle the trouble in my marriage. I'm lacking the, the, the wisdom that I need to handle my financial situations. I'm lacking the experience that I need to fulfill the job that God has presented me. I'm lacking. I'm lacking here. I'm lacking there. I'm lacking here. And the problem is, is it's not long because, before we become so consumed with what we're lacking that we forget who it is that we have, who it is that has provided, who it is that has maintained, who it is that has supplied, who it is that's made a way, who it is that is our source and our provision. 
and our hope and our answer. Who is wisdom? Who is the very definition of wisdom? Who is the very definition of faith? Who takes away our fear and reminds us of who we are and who God has called and established us to be? Friends, if we're lacking this morning, then it's time that we remind ourselves that the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. In every area of my life that I lack, I match it with the Word of God. If I'm sick, I remind that in His Word there is healing for my soul and there is healing for my body. If I'm lacking the provision that I need, I remind myself that He is more than able and more than faithful to supply every need that I have according to His riches and glory. The last time I checked, heaven's not broke. It's not short on love. It's not short on hope. It's not short on faith. But it has everything that you and I need to walk in the confidence of heaven to know that I lack nothing. My bank account might look like nothing, but I lack nothing. My doctor's report might look like nothing. It might look like I'm missing something, but the truth is I lack nothing. When it comes to my marriage, it may look like there's shortfalls and pitfalls and shortcomings, but the truth is I lack nothing because Jesus is in control of my life. When we eat the bread of heaven, we're reminded that we lack nothing. Every time I open the word and I read it, I find another promise from God that reminds me I lack nothing. Jesus says very clearly in Matthew chapter 6, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or your drink, what you'll wear. Why? Because all of those things are insignificant. He reminds us to look at the, the birds of the air, to look at the flowers of the field. Why? Because in all of that, God tends to and takes care of what belongs to him. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, I belong to the king. I belong to the king. See, the problem is, is we can't figure out how God's going to do it. So we assume that we lack it and we never experience the promises of it. Starvation will lead to desperation. And what happens when we become desperate is we begin settling for less. When you're, hung, when you're starving, we don't even know what starving is. Most of us, most of us, not everyone, but most of us don't even know what starving is. We know what hungry is. There are those in the world that are truly starving when it comes to physical hunger. But in this country, we throw the term around, we're starving to mean I haven't eaten since 9 o'clock this morning. And I need something else. You know, I found if you go all day long, if you've worked all day long, and you're just absolutely hungry, it's amazing what you will, you will sacrifice quality for right now. I don't have to go in there and dirty any dishes. I don't have to cook any food. I don't have to clean any of it up. I don't have to throw away the leftovers after I forget to eat them. I can just go right down to McDonald's and get a burger. Can I tell you? You can make a better burger at home. You can, you can make a better... The problem is, is when we're hungry... When we're starving, we become desperate. And when we become desperate, we start settling for less than. Instead of holding our ground, we give up because we don't have the strength to persevere. When we're desperate, we give in. When we're desperate, 
we settle. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning, there is nothing in this world that you need to settle for. Know what the Word says and stand firm on it. (laughs) What do I lack in my life? Take it to Jesus and set it at His feet. And walk with the confidence of heaven knowing I lack nothing. (laughs) Because He is my shepherd. He is my Savior. He is my King. He is my all in all. Secondly, this morning the question we have to ask is what am I consuming? What am I consuming? Verse 33 says, For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. (laughs) What we consume ultimately consumes us. What we consume ultimately consumes us. Whatever we put in will eventually be what we default to. (laughs) Whatever we put in is what we will eventually default to. If all I eat is sweets all the time, you know what I'm going to want all the time? Sweets. If all I drink is soda all the time, you know what I'm going to want when I want something to drink? Soda. The problem is, is many of those things don't offer the nutrients that my body needs. And what happens is, is we, when we're starving, when we're starving, we become desperate. And desperation leads us to settle. It causes us to take shortcuts. It causes us to settle for less than. So what happens is we we begin consuming what Jesus never intended for us to have. We begin consuming what Jesus never intended for us to have. And the problem is, is when we're on the mountain, that's not too big of an issue. But the next time we have to walk through the valley, we don't have what we need, the strength that's necessary to persevere the next trial or storm of life. But when every single morning, every single day, we get up and we remind ourselves of what it is that God has called us to, what it is that God has established for us, that we are children of the King of kings and Lord of lords, that no matter what we face today, He's greater than. No matter what we walk through tomorrow, He's greater than. That even when I can't see, even when I don't know, even though I'm not sure how it's going to happen, how the lack that I have is going to be met, I know what His Word says. And I know that he's got it all figured out. So all I have to do today is keep my eyes fixed on Jesus and remember that he's faithful. Keep my eyes fixed on Jesus and keep waiting in the process. Keep my eyes fixed on Jesus and just keep serving. Just keep giving. Just keep doing what he has called me to do. Waking up every single day and going to that job. Waking up every single day taking care of your kids. Waking up every single day loving on that spot that God has given you, waking up every single day, chasing after the dreams that God has placed within your heart, eating the bread of life, the word of God, reminding yourself of who you are, because when you consume the bread of life, it will consume you. When you consume the bread of life, it will consume you. Instead of you turning to fear and worry, you turn to faith and confidence and assurance of the word of God. Instead of you responding in anger, and frustration. You respond out of love and out of peace because you know that God has the final say. Instead of you letting the circumstances of life dictate to you how you're going to feel, how you're going to live, when you're going to do what it is that God has called you to do, you eat the bread of life and you're reminded, I am 
who he says I am. I've called. I'm set apart. He has a plan for my life. There's no obstacle in hell that can keep me from his love. I may be faced with every adversity, every stronghold, every lie of the enemy, but at the end of the day, the king is still on the throne. My destiny is set and fixed with eternity with Jesus, and I have nothing to fear. We live in a world that's consumed by fear, and what's happened is it's turned around and begun consuming us. We got people talking to people like they don't even know how to treat someone with love and respect. We got people lashing out at one another, pushing each other around, knocking each other down with their words, failing to recognize that that is not what God has planned and it's not the bread of life that He's established. But when we begin consuming the Word, it changes the way we think. It changes the way we talk. It changes the way we walk. There's a shift that begins to happen and we begin to recognize that I am who he says I am. I don't have to settle for what this world says about me. I don't have to settle for what I see on the news. I don't have to settle for what people say behind my back. I don't have to settle for what people said I was going to be or who I was going to act like or who I was going to turn out like. I don't have to live up to the status quo or the statistics of this world. But I can fix my eyes on Jesus and be whoever He has created and designed me to be. Understanding that He is the author and perfecter and the finisher of my faith. Knowing that He has formed from the very beginning, a masterpiece planned for my life, that He has established me, called me, set me apart for such a time as this to be a champion of the gospel of heaven, to let the world know the King is alive. He's on the throne and He's in control. Death, hell, and the grave have been defeated. And no matter what I face today, it's no match for my God. (laughs) When I eat the bread of life, What I consume (laughs) begins consuming me. If all I eat is sugar and Little Debbie's and cake, I love cake. My birthday was this last week and I ate cake. Oh, I felt like I could preach this morning. I had cake. But if all I ate was cake... Oh, Jesus, we'd be in trouble. Why? Because it's not long before what I consume begins consuming me. Miss Diane, where are you at? Yesterday was our secretary treasurer's birthday, Miss Diane Cox. Would you give it up for her? Amen. Want to talk about a champion of the gospel, that woman right there. Man, let me tell you something. Not only does she love Jesus, but she loves people. She loves Jesus and she loves people. Miss Diane, we are so thankful for you and the incredible blessing that you are to us and to the kingdom of God. And I just know, I just know, I just know one day she's going to come into my office and tell me she's retiring. And I just keep praying and talking to Jesus. Just push that back, Lord. Just push it back. Just push it back. Because uh, she is just a huge rock of our church family and just a blessing Uh, to each and every one of us, and we're thankful for you. And Miss Diane, my prayer is that everything you sacrificed for the kingdom of God, every investment that you've made for the kingdom of God, that God would just pour it back a hundredfold in your life, that you would just see the results of every bit of that. But I'm so thankful for you, and we love you. Tell her happy birthday if you haven't had a chance to do so. She was quick 
on her feet Wednesday and put out an announcement on Facebook that it was my birthday. So I wanted to take advantage of this opportunity to, to get her back. So she turned 29 yesterday. So celebrate her. She turned 29. She has two kids, beautiful grandson, and uh, just 29. It's just amazing. God just keeps on just resetting that clock, just turning it around. But thankful for her for her husband, Brother Floyd. Anyways, back to my message. What I'm consuming, what I consume, consumes me. If all I ever do is eat junk, then it's not long before junk's going to be what I'm consumed with. If all I do is worry, then it's not long before worry is going to be the author of my life, be the controlling factor of my life. I have to ask myself, what am I consuming? <laughs> what am I consuming? Take the Word of God and what He's spoken. When I take the Word of God and what He's declared, what happens is it shifts, it changes something in my life and begins to give me a brand new perspective because I begin to see what it is that He has established and what it is that He's planned for my life. Huh. When we're starving, we settle. When we're starving, we compromise. When we're starving... We take shortcuts. When we're starving, our behavior changes. If you take a kid that's come to school that hasn't had anything to eat, their attitude and their response in class is completely different than if they'd had a full breakfast before they started their day. When you're hungry, your behavior changes. <laughs> you seen the Snickers commercial? You're not you when you're hungry. How many of you would say that applies to me? You just be honest. That applies to me. Haley, you need to raise your hand too. Don't be pointing at your husband. <laughs> you say, I love that. You're not you when you're hungry. Eat a Snickers. Eat something. For the sake of everyone around you, eat something. You're not you. Why? Because your behavior changes. Because your body doesn't have the fuel that it needs to do what God has set in your heart to do. When you don't have what you need, when you don't have what you need to do the job that you need to do, you become frustrated. <laughs> you become frustrated. Why? Because if you don't have the ability to change it, if you don't have the ability to make it happen, you become frustrated. And what happens more oftentimes than not is when we're faced with those situations in our life, we become frustrated because we haven't taken the time to eat from the bread of life. We haven't taken the time to condition our bodies to have the fuel that it needs for the battle and the fight that's in front of us. Too many times we're starving because we haven't eaten and we don't have the strength or the resources or the ability to do what it is that God's called us to do. The more we starve, the harder we work. I love that, I love that Jesus said, in verse 28, he said, They asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Jesus said, 
Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to this world. And everything that Jesus said and everything that he gives for his disciples, for his followers, he reminds them that the work that God has intended for their life is to believe in the one that he has sent. Because when we believe in him, we spend so much time running around trying to figure it out and trying to make it happen that we exhaust ourselves. We fatigue ourselves. And we rob ourselves of the nourishment of heaven. But when we've eaten of the bread, not only have we received what it is that we need, but it's in those moments that we recognize the burden's not so heavy. Huh. You, ever been, you ever been doing a, a big work project, a big whatever it is, working out in the yard, changing, doing work on your car, maybe maintenance on your car, different projects that you've had? And you find yourself, the longer you've been at it, the longer you've been working, the less productive you are. <laughs> but sometimes if you take a break, and you get something to drink, and you come back, you find your, pro your productivity picks up just a little bit. The same is true with the Word. If we're not taking the time to eat from the bread of life, then we're robbing ourselves of what it is that we need in order to not just survive, but thrive. Because for too long, what we've done is just what we need to to survive. Jesus didn't call you and I to just survive. He called us to thrive. And we have too many people in the body of Christ that are walking around eating the breadcrumbs of someone else's slice that God's intended for them. And never finding the full, nourishing, fulfilling word of God for themselves. They're carrying the burden, the dream, the call, the plan of God, but they're exhausted. They're tired. They're weary. It's why, it's why so many people walk away from their relationship with the Lord. Because though they've gone to church and they can quote the word, they've never taken the time to actually consume it to the point that it consumes us. And so what happens is discouragement sets in, fear sets in, uncertainty sets in, the burden becomes too much, and we give in to the lies of the enemy that says we'll never see it in our lifetime. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, the devil's, a liar. the devil's a liar. You better say it with a little bit more confidence than that or I'm preaching for another hour. Yeah, I knew you were starving. I knew you was hungry. The devil is a liar. Why is it that we give in to him so easily? The devil is a liar. He wants you and I to give up. He wants you and I to settle. He wants you and I to compromise because he knows if we ever make it into the promised land, <laughs> then he's further facing defeat. He knows that if you, if you recognize 
the areas and the parts of your life where you are starving and you begin to eat the, the bread of life, you begin to consume the Word of God, you begin to, to let your life be overwhelmed with the, the Word and the power of God and what God says about you, not what this world says about you, then He knows that you are an unstoppable force for the kingdom of God because He knows what Jesus said to those that would believe in Him, that He was giving them the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That whatever they would bind on earth, that it would be bound in heaven. Whatever they loosed on earth would be loosed in heaven. He, he gave them the authority. He gave them the permission to ask whatever you need. Ask in my name and it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. The devil knows that if you and I get to the place that we're no longer starving, but we're rather walking in the word and the promises of God, that there is nothing that we will lack and there is nothing that we will not be able to accomplish to see the will of God fulfilled. Because here's the thing, Jesus had consumed the word so that when he was tested in the wilderness, the enemy had no foothold on him. And the second that he had tried every attempt that he had, and he was overcome with the word of God. Did you notice it was the word of God that Jesus responded with? It was the word of God that Jesus responded with. He had consumed the word and therefore had become, even though he already was, but it was to teach every single one of us. Did you hear me? He had consumed the word, even though he already was, to teach all of us the importance of being and walking in the word of God. You and I are called to carry the bread of life so that not only that we can eat it, but so that we can share it with the world around us. You look like you're tired. You look like you're hungry. You look like you're starving. Let me share something with you that will turn your life around. Let me share something with you that will give you joy and peace even in the darkest moments of your life. That will give you hope even when you're surrounded by discouragement and fear and uncertainty. Why? Because what we have is greater than anything else in this world and any force of the kingdom of darkness. And when we make a decision to walk in that, the enemy knows that we're unstoppable. Hell trembled the day that Jesus said no. Hell trembled the day that Jesus said no. Because the devil knew then he'd met his match. And when you and I respond with the bread of life that we've received, the devil becomes frustrated because he knows he's met his match. So when you feel a little pushback, when you respond in faith to the Lord, when you feel resistance from the enemy because you've been obedient to do what God has said, when you feel like you're going backwards instead of forwards, don't you back down from consuming the bread of life. Don't you stop eating what God has provided for you. Don't you stop standing on the promises and the principles that are written in the Word of God because it's that very Word that is positioning you what looks like backwards, what looks like sideways, what looks like the wrong ways is only heaven positioning you to fulfill the plan and the will and the kingdom of God. He is getting you ready and He's putting you in a place so that when God says go, you're ready. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It doesn't make any sense. I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. I feel like I'm spinning my tires. You're spinning your tires because God's holding you. And on the inside, He's preparing you for what He's about to launch you into. You feel like you're spinning your tires. You feel like you're not going anywhere. But what you don't recognize is that God is turning you and He's positioning you so that when He lets go, you launch into everything that He's called and that He's established in your life. But if you stop eating the bread of life, you won't have the charge that you need that when He says go, you can go. 
Tell your neighbor, it's time to eat. My third point this morning, what are you waiting for? It's time to eat. I know. Some of the smart alecks in the room, we're waiting for you to say that we're dismissed. So that we can go. <laughs> uh, in just a moment. In just a moment. I love what he says in verse 35. He says, Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. There are two things that we have to do to eat, to consume the bread of life. Two things. Come to Jesus and believe. Come to Jesus and believe. I love that time and time again, you know, I, I shared that message last Sunday, which was supposed to be for Mother's Day, but God changed it. And it was on expectation. And I love that after Jesus had performed the miracle of turning water into wine, that it said that his disciples believed him after that. That they had followed him, but that they believed him after that. And I love that we read, I love that we read in this passage that Jesus says, you still don't believe. Boy, doesn't that sound like a bunch of church folks? Doesn't that sound like us? <laughs> we know what the word says. We don't believe it. Jesus, for all the parents out there that have been frustrated that you've had to repeat to your children a thousand times the same instruction over and over and over again, just know Jesus knows exactly how you felt. Your pastor knows exactly how you felt. Because you can say the same thing a hundred times and you still have someone that comes up to you and goes, now what is it that we're supposed to do? How many moms? How many dads? How many parents in this room? You've told your child the same thing a hundred times. I told you to take that trash out an hour ago. What are you, why is that bag of trash still over there? I see some mamas looking right now. They're like, he's talking about you. <laughs> I told you to clean your room three days ago and this mess is still here. Why? Clean your room, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room. I say it a hundred times, clean your room. Jesus, over and over and over and over again, I'm going to have to die. 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 He dies, and they go, it's over. <laughs> I think Jesus rolled his eyes when he walked into heaven. Like, I don't know how many times i got to tell these people. They just don't listen. <laughs> Tells us over and over and over. It's why we have to consume the Word of God every day. Because we've got to hear it again and 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 again. Why? Because and it, it, it takes time for it to click. So when you're telling your child a hundred million times, you just remember Jesus is trying to tell you something. What is Jesus trying to tell me over and over and over again that I just haven't heard? That I need to listen to. Not hear it. Listen to it. Consume it. Let it become a part of my life. Because if I'll do that, I'll find the satisfaction of my soul. It's the moment that I realize that I don't have to worry anymore. That I don't have to fear. That I can actually live in this moment and enjoy the journey of what God is doing. Because if I will, I'll be able to see just small moments where God is working and positioning and fulfilling His plan and His promise in my life. 
Instead of my eyes and my attention and my focus being on how it's going to happen, my eyes and my attention and my focus are on Jesus and what it is that he wants me to do to see it happen. So my question to us today is, what are we waiting for? What do we need to bring to Jesus? What do we need to come to Jesus with to lay at his feet? You know, I love that his word said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest for your souls. Jesus says, all you have to do, this is the work, come to me and believe. Believe. And the hardest part for us is to believe. It's why time and time again Jesus said it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. Tell your neighbor, believe it. What does his word say about you? Believe it. Amen? Stand your feet with me all over this place.